Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. The Dorky Diva Show presents... Why is this seat so much more comfortable? The long-awaited sequel to the adventures of the Zolandart audio drama. Have you seen the captain's datapad? Trying to work, Murph. Piloting the Zolandart by himself. You do understand the details of this particular job, correct? I've been on plenty of jobs like this. With you! Reldar Sias returns to a planet he thought he'd left behind for good. Is there a reason you didn't mention I was tagging along? Hopefully having you there will make others think twice about messing with me. Making new friends. Oh, you must be the pilot of the Zolan Dart, yes? I guess I am. And reconnecting with old ones. Reldar? Vera? What are you doing here? Until past grudges resurface. I'd be minding my own business if I were you. Well, if your business wasn't being handled right in front of my face, maybe I could mind my own business. We have to leave. Now. Why the rush all of a sudden? We're in trouble. If it isn't little Reldarsoyth. Hey, Yorick. <laughs> Long time no see. Rose already knows you're here. Oh. Look who decided to come home. Reldar must confront his origin. I must admit, I never saw this as being a part of your past, Softshell. Or let it define his future. I will get what is owed to me, no matter the cost. Because what Roz is trying to do is wrong. Says you. My blasters. We're going to need these. Take that, Slavo. <laughs> Who do you think you are? The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, Episode 2, coming soon. Welcome to the Star Wars Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Geordie Jedi Pete. And I'm Jason Hondo Ling. We're back with a brand new episode of Star Wars, just to break down some of the latest comings and goings in a galaxy far, far away. Jason, thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, as we've just been discussing, it's been a quiet one for a while, but it's um, nice to be able to start getting more Star Wars news dripping through. Definitely. We've got a couple of things I just want to... More announcements, I suppose, than actual news stories to talk about. And then we'll dive into a couple of cool Star Wars topics to chat about. But first things up, um, the Prince Charles Cinema in London... They are showing the first two trilogies, so that is the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, Star Wars Episodes 1 through 6, um, in glorious 4K, um, from the 8th of December to the 30th of December. Not all movies are on each day, so you might want to check their website to see 
um, which days are which for all six Star Wars movies. But if you live in London or you can get London easy, uh, a great chance to watch Star Wars in 4K on the big screen. Um, I'm quite jealous of that. I think I would love to be closer to, closer to a cinema that could do that. And I think that's something that I definitely need to look at. Maybe spreading around the country and around the continents and around the world. Um, so yeah, if you live in and around London, or you can get there easy, definitely recommend checking out the Prince Charles Cinemas website. Getting yourself some tickets booked, and you can probably enjoy all of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy on the big screen in 4K, which would be pretty awesome. Um, would would you, if you could see any Star Wars movie on the big screen right now, which one would you pick, Jason? I think for me, I'd probably want to go and see. Um, probably thinking about it actually on the big screen, Rise of Skywalker. Um, no, not right. Revenge of the Sith. Sorry. Um, purely so you because. Could actually... Yep. Go on, mate. Now, I think purely for the battle sequences in that, um, it'd be pretty awesome. And to see it somewhere like an IMAX or something like that, that'd be awesome. No, it certainly, it certainly would be. It certainly would be awesome. And that, that movie is available um, at the Prince Charles Cinema. So if you, like Jason, are excited for some... Revenge of the Sith, Stars Episode 3. You can check it out there in glorious 4K. Um, moving on from that, we've had quite a bit of news about um, Dave Filoni. So I think Stars, he's now the chief creative officer of Lucasfilm, um, which I think is a new role created for him. I don't know why, but when, I, when this got announced sort of last week, I was a bit like... I thought this had already been announced, but it obviously hadn't. But in my head, he'd already been given sort of some sort of similar role. But um, that was just me. Um, so yeah, Dave Filoni is now the chief creative officer, and he'll work sort of directly uh, in the early development process as opposed to the later. I think he's come out of a lot of projects in the past, you know, decade. Maybe is more of a um, what would it be? Um, like, I think... to look at it so it's already down the development line if that makes sense um so this is going to be sort of more earlier in the development phase uh working with carrie beck who's now become um so she's the head of development lucasfilm um and obviously president kathleen kennedy uh so okay, those three be working to shape the future of the star wars galaxy and the future star wars releases i don't know what your thoughts were on this news um jason but take it away I think it's just making official a role that Dave's had for quite a while in the Star Wars world. Um, and I think it's been quite obvious, you know, with a lot of the projects that have come out, um, his name has quite often been attached somehow as an advisor. And it's been very clear for us as fans to see where his fingerprints are on a lot of stuff. Um, so I think giving him this role sort of, um, for me, cements that there's a bit of a sensible play going on at Lucasfilm that they've realised that, you know, this is the guy that's got his finger on the pulse, is creating what the fans want. He's also 
not afraid to be a little bit controversial and try new things, which is needed all the time. Um, so it's not just pure fan service. So for me, it's great news um, having Dave in this role. I think it's going to be good for us as Star Wars fans um, in making sure that the content we get is, you know, the 100% Star Wars as we like it. Um, and obviously, you know, it seems that they're sort of restructuring and, um, you know, putting all things in place at Lucasfilm, um, which can only be good news because, you know, there's clearly a future ahead for it all. Um, so I, I'm, I was pleased, um, and I'm enjoying all of the stuff that Dave's coming out with at the moment and the discussion about all the different series that one he's worked on and two that we're hoping he's going to work on. So this would be my, I mean, you know, first of all, congratulations, Dave, on the promotion. I'm sure that, you know, as soon as you become a sort of a, some sort of officer, you know, sort of director level of the company, which is good. Um, so probably some, some good pay now coming in. Not that he's probably not paid before. Um, but, you know, cuts off to him, worked hard for it. Um, you know, some have said, you know, the apprentice becomes the master. But a human being only has so many hours in the day, right? So if Dave now has more responsibility, he now has less time to develop his own stories because he's been looking at other people's stories. So how do you feel about Dave touching more stories but us getting less original Dave content, which has to be the trade-off, I suppose? I I, I think it'll be that... Um, I think it's more that having... It's like I've said all along, my biggest issue um, with the stuff that happened with the sequels was the lack of someone guiding it. And I think that's the role that Dave's now taking on, which I think, you know, it will only mean that we may not get a lot of 100% Dave Filoni stuff, but we're going to get a lot of stuff where he's guided that process and, you know, kept it more in line and not let it stray too far to the point that, you know, it becomes unrecognisable. Um, and because so, no, I, I think it's only good for the future of Star Wars. Um, having someone that's, you know, got the love of the, of the whole story, he understands it. He understands the fans. You know, you just have to look at the way he interacts with the fans and the way the fans interact with him. Um, it, it's exciting that, you know, and also he's not afraid to listen. You know, I've seen stuff before where he's sort of gone, mm, yeah, okay, that's interesting idea. And then the next thing you know, something's been woven in somewhere, um, which, you know, that's good creative. And I, I'm quite excited about it. I don't think we're going to find that Star Wars is suddenly going to be watered down from Dave Filoni stuff. I just think it's going to give it the chance to bring in more creatives and for him to work with those creatives in forging the Star Wars that George Lucas started. And how do you think he'll deal with creatives who maybe want to do their own thing? You know, if you look at Solo, you know, we look at Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, two award-winning storytellers, obviously... For whatever reason, didn't fit in with with the Lucasfilm group, and obviously you ended up having to walk away from the project. 
you think Dave will be strong and he'll be like, no, you, you're doing it wrong when you keep the story going this way. And then, if anything, do you think that will lead to more people walking away from Star Wars and more people coming into Star Wars? It could do. Um, but I think because he is a creative himself um, and someone who has created new stuff for Star Wars, um, you know, I think he'll probably he'll be more willing maybe than some other executives to listen to new ideas, to take those on board. Um, and I think, you know, I think in the long run, he'll protect the franchise, but he won't hold the franchise back. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, so some would say that the, the call that Lucasfilm made to sort of replace Phil Lord and Chris Miller on Solo with Ron Howard was to save that movie as best it could. Yeah. So, um, so do you think Dave would make that decision, or do you think he would be like, "Oh no, what do you let them like make their movie first? And I think, I guess I, what I'm saying is a lot. The, the you, responsibility comes to it's a lot of that, a lot of how much things cost. And obviously, if you allow the, if Dave now oversees the creative process, and then the creators make something that's maybe not his standard, it, to then go back and change it is more dollars, which then is going to have Bob Iger on his back. And I just wonder how he will cope from just being able to make Star Wars stories to then actually having all of that extra political studio bullshit like to deal with, if that makes sense? I think he's always had to deal with that to a certain degree um, because of the different series that he's been involved with. And I I think it's just that is, sadly, that is part of the process. You know, the money always, there's always going to be the bean counters and you've always got to deal with those. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have had to deal with those, you know, he wouldn't have had a blank check when he was creating Ahsoka. So he's he's worked on that from the creative point of view. So he, he may be a bit more receptive to those creatives, but I think he will also understand the process and the fact that, you know, if the decision's got to be made, I think he'll be willing to make the decision. But I think the difference will be that a lot of the decisions he will make will be more in line with, you know, protecting the franchise and protecting what George has created before. Do you think, um, with the new role, obviously, you know, I suppose the next set of movies that are going to be the new Star Wars, I suppose, is the Daisy Ridley movie, um, well, the new Jedi Order which I'm sure they want to spawn into a series of films, I imagine, uh, if you want it to be successful, I suppose. Um, do you think this will then lead to sort of Dave being heavily involved with that? You know, if we look at, if we take one of us as Discovery, you know, obviously the merger happened and they got rid of a lot of DC executives. James Gunn, for example, has been put in charge of the studio now. And then he's actually, he's in charge of sort of all the creative, but also... Like he's writing, directing the Superman movie. That's going to be the pinpoint for it. Like the the sort of the beginning. Um. So I suppose we'll see how he does, and then we'll see you know if he copes okay with not just making, you know, writing and directing a project while also executive producing and being heavily hands on with all the rest of the universe. I suppose it is doable, but I just worry about how stressful that can get. Um. We'll see. We'll see how he does with that, and obviously, we'll see how Dave does when Dave gets his hands on it. Um, because I imagine it'll be you know he's in the role now. 
like I said, it'll be these next film projects will be the first things that he really touches, I suppose, uh, from that mindset. You know, we've got our directors already hired. Um, so now we'll see how they work with Dave. When when they were hired, they probably weren't working with Dave as much. So we will see. Um, have you got any other thoughts about about Dave's promotion and about the, the creative changes there? No, as I say, for me, it it's something that I feel is necessary in a way to stop problems like the rise of Skywalker, um, you know, which was, well, the whole sequel trilogy was a mess because there wasn't someone, in my mind, they didn't guide it. They didn't have a clear plan. Um, you know, I'm not saying that any of the ideas that were put forward by any of the directors um, were bad, but because there wasn't someone moulding it and making sure I mean, that it was going right. I, I, I feel that the first two episodes, though, they do flow on from each other. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, and Force Awakens and The Last Jedi pretty much timed each other. I I know people are like, oh, like, Ryan Johnson had Luke be on an island. Well, no, like, he was on an island in the first movie, and then Ryan Johnson continued the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, obviously, no. Crash I put on that third film, because the third film was called Jewel of the Fates, originally, by Con Trevorrow, and we didn't get that because of Carrie Pitcher's death, and some political nonsense that went on in the background. Um, so, <laughs> I feel like maybe we get that unfair thing, in my opinion, that, like, I do. Do you know what I mean? Like that last movie is very different from from the first two, but I don't think the first two are that disjointed from each other. If that makes sense. I I think they were very different tones, and there was parts of them that I felt didn't quite mesh. But like you say, the third film, yeah, big difference there was obviously the loss of Carrie caused quite a few issues because it should have been her film. Um, but I, I still feel that, you know, um, I don't think there was necessarily, whereas obviously the originals and the prequels, um, although obviously the originals had, in effect, three different directors, George was very much the creator. And I, I feel that with the, the the sequels, there wasn't that clear tied together by one person that was overseeing that they all came together. Um, so, it, it, you know, I'm not saying it was bad that there was three different visions. I'm just saying that because those three films were supposed to be all of the same story together it didn't necessarily work. And that's why I think, you know, having Dave in the position that he is overseeing it, then there is that guiding hand, which is what I think they ultimately need. If if they're going to continue with, like, you know, when they're doing different stuff, so like Solo as a standalone, then, you know, it, it's a story told in the Star Wars universe. Rogue One was a standalone. Um, you know, um, but it tied in very closely, and uh, you know, 
that was an amazing film, but very different to what we'd seen previously as Star Wars. Um, and that's not a bad thing. But obviously, um, you know, previously we've obviously had the story group was supposed to be the ones that were tying everything together. Um, and, you know, that just seems to be now that that's a role that, you know, Dave's going to be taking on with the films. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, but like you say, it's it's a difficult one when you've got one executive that's in charge of it, you know, and they've got a lot of things to balance. But then, it, if it, I believe he's quite a good team leader, and he will he'll bring in teams, and you know he'll mould the teams that will work together, and that's what a lot need you know, what hasn't necessarily worked in the past is the team with the same sort of vision. Yeah. Um, obviously, some of the comments that he's made is um, obviously about being the skull. You know, obviously the strike's over now, so there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes um, footage, pictures, um, interviews, new interviews now, because they can now speak to people. So, obviously, Dave is talking about being in the skull story is not finished. Um as is sort of insinuated by that last shot of him on top of the motor squads, looking at the distance. Um, I know you were quite strongly about not recasting and just having the story die. Um, how do you feel now, sort of, that we know the story's not done and that we probably are going to get it at some point? I, I didn't, I don't necessarily want the story to die. I just don't. It's the recasting side of it. I feel there's other mediums that they can explore. Um, which Dave mentions in in his interview, um, he said that it's very much in limbo because obviously he wants to still respect um, what um, Ray did in the role. Um, and it's really interesting because I always, uh, watching the show, I always believed that, you know, I didn't see... Balin as a bad guy. I saw him as being on a different path. Um, and it's quite interesting that Dave confirmed that, that he said he constantly had conversations with Ray where he said, you know you're the bad guy? And Ray replied, no, I'm not. And, and Ray played it as not being the bad guy. And that's what I think made that character so special, is he wasn't a clear bad guy he was, you know, he he was on a, a path trying to find a way because he lost um, his belief in the Jedi. And um, that's what I think made that role. And I think maybe exploring it, you know, I know obviously you don't tend to read as much of the comic books and that, but I think the comic books could be a good way of continuing that story and giving us a more in-depth look at the Bane and Skull issue without having to... Would that to make the same amount of money, though, as a TV show? No, I don't think it will, but at the same time, at the moment, you know, there's a lot of stuff to make. They can't make a TV show of everything and every story that they want to tell. Um, and I know that's it's hard, let's just see so Ahsoka's on that planet with Balin, okay? So, yeah. in my opinion, I think season two of Ahsoka was going to be Ahsoka and Sabine looking to stop Balin. 
because that they're yeah, all on the same um, planet doing the same thing. So if that is was the plan, then I think you know we we, we don't know the plans, but let's just say that is to then turn it into a comic book is going to like you know you, your profit margins are going to drop straight away. And yeah, then I what completely you agree. But um, so, yeah, you know, know, likewise, the other the other issue is that um, you know Ahsoka and. Sabine were very intent on stopping Thrawn so their story could easily then be getting back to you know being with Ezra and Hera fighting um, Thrawn so they if they're looking for a way off the planet that could happen a lot quicker than then having this story there's so many stories that could go this is the thing, and this is what's brilliant about that series. Like you say, we've all got our ideas of how the story wants to go, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a TV. You can still enjoy that story in another medium. So, and that's the beauty of Star Wars. There's so many stories to tell. I yeah. don't think it would be a bad thing to put it into a comic book. Um, you know, I guess rest... I, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I love comics. Like what I'm saying is that, you know, if Bob Iger's back now and he wants to make money and he's very, he's being quite on the front foot about that. So they've got this character who's selling a lot of merch and was going to be the forefront of a future season. I don't think he's going to be like, let's put it in a comic book. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll be like, no, but the, no, we need to get this. The, we need to green light this and go. But at the same time, Bob Iger's been saying that they've been creating too much content, um, as in television and and that. And he seems to be wanting to head back towards the film side of things. Um, but who knows what these creatives are going to do. The, the main thing I'm worried about is that they somehow do raise storytelling justice. And we get, you know, we do get to see what happened after that scene in Ahsoka. Um but there's so many ways it could go. Um, and this that's the beauty of Star Wars. You know, we we get all these ideas. There's lots of fan ideas. But in the long run, it's what comes out as the canon piece. Um, sometimes we all get hung up with our own ideas and disappointed that they don't happen. But that's what I love about Star Wars is it, feel, it feeds your imagination. So if it's happening in your imagination, then they've done... They've done their job. Any other thoughts about being the skull and any other day for any comments? Um, I, I, I do have, you know, I'm pleased that they've highlighted, you know, what we were saying all the way through when we were watching the series, you know, it is, it is heartbreaking that Ray didn't get to see the reaction to that character. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's a, a legacy that he's left behind, which is amazing. Um, the other one, um, obviously, Dave's been talking about all the other actors and there's been some brilliant photographs of the groups coming out from the Ahsoka series. And one thing that seems to have um, come across is that... That Ahsoka series looks like it was a lot of fun to be made. And there was a real camaraderie with the cast. So I'm really hoping that they get the chance to do 
a second season because I think what they built there was almost as good a relationship as some of the characters that were done in the original trilogy. Um, so, I, you know, hats off to them. It's great that they finally get to tell their story of making Ahsoka now that the, the um, strikes are over with. Um, and as I say, Rosario's said that she's certain that Dave's already planning something. So that's good news for all of us because I think we'd all love to see a second season. And, you know, we want to see where Ahsoka and Sabine end up. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, I'd be surprised if there's not treatments already written for like season two. Um, maybe not finished yeah. scripts, but you'll know the outline. And I think, I think had the strikes not been on, it would already be announced by now. I think they're waiting for a nice time to tell us like the good news that like the sort us back for season two. Yeah, definitely. Moving on from that, as I said, it's been a bit quiet because of the strikes. Um, on film news, um. Obviously, Lucasfilm have been pushing out, and Disney Plus have been pushing out a lot of advertisement about Indiana Jones. Um, so, Dial Destiny, Indiana Jones 5, was, is on Disney Plus now for everyone in the world. Um, but it's going to be the 15th for us in the UK. Um, and it's also a really cool documentary um, about Timeless Heroes, which focuses on Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford, which, again, I imagine is out everywhere the rest of the world, if you're listening. But in the UK, I think it'll be the same time, the 15th, when we get that, hopefully. Um, which I thought was the documentary. It should be very good. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. I've seen it twice at the cinema, um, and really enjoyed it as a as an ending to Indy's story. Let's talk some Lego news, Jason. I'll let you take it away with what is coming soon and how you're going to spend your money on it. Yeah, well, at the moment I'm still saving myself, ready to get my ghost um, set, which I'm hoping for Christmas. Um, but yeah, um, recently, um, the last couple of days, two sets that we've seen the images for have come out that look pretty exciting. And that's uh, the first one is set 75372, which is the Clone Trooper and Battle Droid Battle Pack. Um, I think this is going to be a must for most people because it's a really nice, um, I think you get four clone or three clone troopers and a shock trooper um you get three of the super battle droids and then two of the um i think it was two of the ordinary battle droids plus you get the spider droid which is one of my favorites from the prequel season series so yeah that looks like a really good set and i think it, if i remember rightly it's under 30 pounds as well um, so it's quite a good value little builder set, um, battle pack. The second set that has come out is Crimson Firehawk, which is from the um, the young. Oh, I can never remember this one. I haven't personally really watched it. Is the Young Jedi? Um, I'm trying to think of the name. Young Jedi Adventures. Yeah, yeah. So they um, that's a set from there. Um, which again is aimed at the full plus market, so it's a more junior set. Um, but I think it's probably one of the bigger sets that they've done for that sort of market. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be a pretty popular one. Um, so 
that looks pretty cool. But there was also, earlier in the month, there was, uh, I think it was a Dutch trade site that actually released the um, kits that we can expect next year. I've lost the list again. Here we are. So, on top of those two kits, there's one unknown kit there. There's a midi-scale Tantive um, 4. Uh, which looks, you know, will be quite a popular one. There's Grogu's Escape, which I, I'm sort of hoping, does that mean we're going to get a Caloran Beck um, minifigure? There's a new buildable R2-D2, which is always popular. Um, Booter Eve Podrace Diorama, which um, I think is taking on saying it's going to be in the same vein of the dioramas that they've done before so i think that's going to be a popular one there's a buildable droid droid car um which i think again that sounds like that could be pretty cool and then the tantive boarding diorama which again I th uh, the dioramas seem to be a very popular build at the moment um although i haven't really done any yet um, so that one looks like that's going to be quite a promising one. Um, so that's that's come out from Dutch wholesaler Eldorado International. Um, so they're all listed as ones that we're gonna we know we're officially gonna get. So there's some quite interesting sets coming out for next year. There certainly is. And how's the Advent calendar been going? Yeah, um, each day on Jedi News, um, James has been putting up the calendar. Obviously, I've already done mine. <laughs> um, that was done back in September. Um, but obviously, the very first one, or the first door, I don't think I'm going to spoil it for anyone if I, if I say that the first one that anyone got was Omega. And her with a um, wooden sledge, which was quite a fun little build. Um, and obviously, anyone who's a fan of the Bad Batch, it was a nice way to get the Omega minifigure. Um, so that was a great one for the first day. Um, the second day was the uh, mini build of the Justifier, um, which is quite a good one. Um, I've enjoyed building that to go alongside my full-size one. And I believe today's one was um, Mando's... Yeah, Mando's M1. So that's another fun little mini build to do. Um, so obviously we've got 24 days worth coming along. Um, there, I, I can say that... It, this year's calendar has been a fun build and I was really pleased with the minifigures and stuff that I got with it, um, which they are actually sat here with me. Um, so I've got uh, I've got Emperor Palpatine sat in his throne with his hot chocolate, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely recommend if you're looking... Um, I have seen rumours that you can actually get 
the advent calendar for as little as £15 in um, some Asda's. So I would say if you pop in and you manage to find them, um, it's worth a buy, especially at that sort of price. Awesome stuff. Yeah, there's been some good bargains lately. I think um, game, um, so either a game store on its own or games are sometimes inside Sports Direct or inside River Islands. They've had some really good deals on um, Vintage Collection and Black Series. Um, some really good deals and it varies from store to store, but some of them are less than half price. Um, like you're paying less than half price, which is fantastic. Um, so definitely check that out if you're after Vintage Collection and Black Series. Uh, any other bargains you've found lately when you've been searching for tasty treats? Yeah, obviously um, B&M are doing some good discounts on the Lego sets. Um, so the Shin Hattie, Starfighter and the E-Wing um, double pack. That I think has got um, £10 off. I think also the tie Interceptor with the fang fighter i think that was down to about 55 quid um so they've got some really good deals out there at the moment it's a case of you know i keep i'm terrible for i'll see the deals i don't have the money so i'll hold back and then i'll live to regret it so i would say if you see some of these deals you know it might be worth snapping them up um, but yeah, no, there's some that's really... what a credit card's for. <laughs> but, oh dear. <laughs> Look, have you um, purchased any decent Star Wars stuff lately, Pete? So to be fair, I've got probably about four boxes. Um, mixture of Black Series and Vintage Collection. Some from Hasbro Pulse, some from other collectors. Um from like the collecting groups, um, so I need to unbox them actually, and probably put get them on the TikTok and um, post images of, of it. So I haven't opened them up, but some, like I said, some good black series and some some good vintage collection that I need to just get around to opening up. Um, it's been a pretty hectic time in my work life, so it's been been crazy. So packages have arrived, I just haven't opened them. <laughs> um, so some of my like older figures from from earlier in the line, um, from collectors groups, and then some are new ones. So I've had a couple of packages from Hasbro Pulse, so one of those I haven't opened it, but will be the um, Vintage Collection Jedi Revan with the HK-47 droid um, from Knights of the Republic. So, again, that's still in its box at the ride-in, but that, that'll be awesome to finally open. And I believe um, Obi-Wan Kenobi from the end of the Kenobi series, you know, when we see him when he meets Qui-Gon. Oh, nice. When he finally gets to meet Luke face-to-face, like, probably. Like, that will be one, like, the legend will be one, um, that that's... Again, it's on its box, but one of the one of them will be that. Um, and like I said, some some cool older black series um, from some fellow collectors in the in the collectors groups to open up as well. So I need to get round to that at some point. Well, I had some good news from Jedi Archives. Um, they've managed to source some itty bitty pops for my daughter, so. She- She'll be happy for Christmas Day to see what she's bagged there. That is good. Also, if you see it, Jelly Oak guys, thank you very much for sorting that out. But remember, we need the TC TC fourteen or thirteen. What's he called again? I've forgotten. Sorry. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. 
Yeah. No, I well I'm heading that way Wednesday, so I'll have a look for you. Yeah. But no, TC fourteen, the protocol droid from the Phantom Menace. I want the original release from right. the Phantom Menace if I can. Uh, without paying too much money for it, hopefully. But I don't know why I just want them. It's just a silver protocol droid, very cool. Comes with the train, the the drinks that obviously serves will be one in Qui Gon before the Nerd get gassed to death, I suppose. Um so fun times. Fun times. Anything coming up in your Star Wars calendar? No, I don't think so. Um all quite a, oh I did some I did receive my um Jedi News um parcel. I don't think I've mentioned that. James kindly does us a thank you parcel around December time. Um for um, basically helping out with the website and everything over the year. And I received the Lego Star Wars um, holiday special diorama, which I'm in the process of building tonight. And Very I nice. also received two um, of the... Um, uh, trying to remember the name now it's um the two star wars shirts that um i got the ahsoka and bo-katan ones so um i did wear the um bo-katan shirt out on a star wars on the saber building day at jedi archives um i think this week the ahsoka shirt will be getting its first airing um, but yeah, thank you very much, James. And um, yeah, the um, definitely two very fun things to go in my collection. Very nice, very nice. Sounds awesome. Sounds very awesome. Um, I think that sort of brings an end. Like I said, just a quick catch up. Today. It was I suppose Dave Filoni was the the biggest biggest part of the news. Really, was his 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 comments. Um, Obviously, just want to mention something just just briefly. You know, we don't want to talk about it too much. Um, but Mark Thorpe, who sort of one of the um, legendary ILM model makers from Star Wars and Yard Jones, has passed away at age 77. Um, so we just want to send our thoughts to his friends and family um, and just thank him for, you know, being so instrumental in creating those effects. That are the reason why movies like Star Wars and Yard Jones are also beloved by us all. Um, and I suppose if you think about it, you know, you know, we've talked about Ray Stevenson obviously passing away, Mark Thor passing away. Just remember to always tell the people who you love that you love them, I suppose, is my message. Because um, you never know, you never know when time might run out, sadly. And um, that is, that is the biggest, the biggest question, I suppose, that is life is, you know, I suppose you never know when it's going to come to end and, you know, hopefully everyone lives long lives, but, not everybody does, so you know, always tell the people around you that you love them, and then they'll always know that. Um, sorry to make it a bit emotional and sad yeah. there. Um, but Jason, I love you, just so you know. Ah, oh, cheers, bud. Likewise, <laughs> you know, it's um, I have to admit, you know, it was a pleasure actually getting to spend some time with you at Celebration, and you know, we've shared our love of Star Wars for the last. I suppose we've been doing this about two years now. Um, so it's it's good and it's, you know, I'm hoping next year you and I are going to get a chance to meet up and do some more Star Wars stuff 
Um, because it, oh, it's yes. always fun to share the love of Star Wars and, you know, friendship is built out of this. You know, I've made a lot of friends from, you know, both Jedi News and through um, Star Wars, and I'm grateful for that. No, definitely. And the adventures will continue. They certainly will. That is a nice little segue to the end, I suppose. Um, Jason, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, you, you love doing this. It's at a Hondo Ling. Hey, and you can find me on social media, basically on Twitter or X, as it's now called, um, on Instagram at Joy July Pete. You can find the podcast on Twitter or X, as it's now known at Ball Star, and you can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Star Wars Podcast. Check us out there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please leave us a top review. Um, it makes me and uh, me and Jason smile quite a bit. It only takes you a couple of moments. Also helps a lot of people find the podcast. And if you are listening on a different type of podcast forum, there's a lot of them out there, and we are available on most of them. Um, again, just whatever they have for their rating system or review system, just leave us a little top review. Again, makes us very happy, makes us smile. Will be a very nice Christmas gift. Um, and again, helps a lot of people find the show. But that is all from us. May the force be with you all. And remember... Always tell that to Kanja Club. Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of the Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, which is a Star Wars-inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolan Dart today. Shao, we've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class. My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Gamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Pak to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you are interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. That's not good. Is that blaster fire I hear? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, 
it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, uh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon.